The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Community Conversations on the BMC Podcast Network. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Well, the the town of Belmont has obtained state approval to proceed with a a new high school, and uh, one impact of that is the town has appointed a building committee that's going to spend the next nine or ten years of their lives uh, overseeing this. There are lots of issues that have to be resolved. Uh, What grades go into the building, whether there's a new building or a renovation, and those issues need to be resolved to reflect community priorities uh, as part of the process of letting the, the community know what's going on with the new high school. I have a guest here today, Bill Lavallo, who is chair of the Belmont High School Building Committee. Thanks for joining us this morning, Bill. Well, thank you for having me. Bill, before we really get started, I, I heard myself even in that introduction talking about a, a new high school, and yet uh, uh, that, that probably isn't quite accurate, or it, it could or could not be accurate. Uh, the decision of whether there's a completely new school or a renovation or a renovation in an addition it has yet to be decided. Is that correct? That's correct, Roger. We'll refer to this project as a new school because ultimately things will be new, but it could be newly renovated portions of the existing school combined with an addition of a varying size, whether it's a major addition or minor addition. Or it could be an entirely new school, depending on how all these studies work out. So while we're going to to talk about a a new school today, as you said, it. uh, Everything will be will be newly done, newly renovated, newly built, but uh, that includes a, a variety of options that still uh, uh, have yet to be determined. Many options. Many Got options. it. So the the first question, I guess, is why why do we need a, a new high school? So for um, over twelve years, uh, Belmont's known that our high school has had some challenges, and they sent statement of interest into this into the MSBA indicating that they would like to join the state grant program for a variety of reasons uh, in that in that statement of interest you which is online you can find that we have a very rapidly growing population bulging the uh, high school walls out if I can say that properly uh, with students in every nook and cranny of the school challenging the excellent teaching and learning that goes on there in a variety of ways um, they're doing fantastic work, but they're very constrained at what they can do. Uh, couple that with a building that was built almost 50 years ago and has been maintained in the best way they can, but it hasn't seen a major renovation. So we have systems that have exceeded their useful life. Uh, we have types of spaces that don't conform to the way students and teachers do the teaching and learning. Uh, we have reuse of spaces just because of the size of uh, an old garage area, for example, that's been reconverted into a, uh, a band practice room. 
so there's a variety of these types of spaces in there that really don't promote the great learning, the teaching and learning that Belmont has. I actually uh, remember seeing, I don't remember if I saw it or heard it, uh, maybe it was even you at a presentation that talked about how many, if not most of the science labs have been converted. So they're no longer labs, but they've, they've been converted into classrooms. Well, thanks for saying that. So uh, the original model of the school had a lecture area separate from the lab area, which isn't working anymore because they can't use two spaces to teach science. They just need all that space. So the science education uh, happens in the lab at the same time that they're trying to do uh, work at the lab desks, which means that you have the learning desk interfering with the lab desks. Yes. And, and, and coupled with that, the fact that there's so many students interested in this, that they can't even all be at the lab desks at the same time. So they have to phase um, some sitting in their desks, some at the lab. Uh, with science, one of the uh, uh, most uh, uh, promoted parts of learning these days. It's the hands-on. Uh, uh, the hands-on is just uh, where the state is pushing. Uh, that is really falling short in the facilities. And, and they have uh, the old fume hoods that aren't uh, working probably the way they should. Uh, so they, they have all the original. You, you go into a science lab, and it's like walking back 50 years. Uh, so we've taken a few of those pictures, and they're, they're available online too just to see. And we've offered tours, and we continue to do that for people that are interested to see. Um, certainly with the state program, that's one of their uh, hallmarks of what ends up being in a school, whether it's new or renovated, will be a brand new science space that is state-of-the-art, almost collegiate level when you see it. All the districts are getting the same type of, of science space. And, and you talked about the, uh, you just talked about the, the enrollment. Uh, to what extent does the enrollment at the Chenery affect what's going on at the high school? Or, or does it? Maybe I'm assuming something that isn't true. Oh, as a matter of fact, let's go to the elementary school because the elementary school influences where the high school will be. Uh, Superintendent John Phelan does a very good job of this, uh, but we actually collaborative, uh, collaborated on this through the MSBA to identify in the very first steps of our program with them uh, last year the design enrollment populations for each grade level of the district. That's something that's mandated by this uh, MSBA program. You work to establish that through demographic studies that the state does with information that Belmont provides. We, the Bel Belmont High School Building Committee, along with the school department, decided that we would like a second independent opinion. So we retained uh, our own independent demographer who also did a study so that we can see if we were getting convergence, which we generally did, which was interesting, uh, showing a line that continually grows up on, uh, on the population at each grade level. So the high school class sizes today, or I will say grade level size, is smaller than the elementary grade level size. And you know where the elementary grade level size will eventually be. Yes, yes. So that's dictating the future of population in the high school, but it's, it's actually describing the impact in the entire district, which is what the superintendent is working on uh, concurrently with the high school project. In other words, what's the entire district solution, which will allow me to go into another topic called configurations. Yes. But I'll is wait that, till you... Uh, well, let's... Uh, if what you mean by configurations, I did want to talk because I find this fascinating and I've changed my opinion, to be honest, after listening to Superintendent Phelan and 
listening to you make presentations, but the configurations, as I understand it, revolve or refer to what grades are at what schools? Is that what you mean? I have a story to tell you, okay. which maybe uh, we have a little time to sure. do. So our first meetings with the MSBA were very interesting. Uh, once they accepted us to uh, get into their grant program in 2016, early 2016. And we went there with, uh, starting with an opinion that our last round with the MSBA at the Wellington School didn't turn out so well because the day we opened it, it was full. Uh, they were quick, they, they actually came ready to know that we were going to bring that up. And, and their response uh, was, was reasonable. They, they said that our, our, um, our algorithms uh, were updated since then to better reflect uh, how the, uh, the population changes in a district. And, and a grade level school is different than a middle school and high school in regards to capacity versus design enrollment. I'll quickly say that we work on a metric called design enrollment. That's not capacity because capacity is beyond design enrollment sets the core classrooms, but design enrollment, uh, but the, uh, I'll say that one more time, design uh, enrollment sets the core classrooms, but capacity can fill the whole place. So there's a, okay. there's a factor there. But in an elementary school, your students are in the classroom, and that's it. In a middle school and high school, they have the core classrooms and then all their support spaces that of are course. not populated. So, so we have a difference there, and I like to keep talking about that because as I talk to you about uh, design enrollment, that's not capacity. However, um, we got quickly into talking about design enrollment, and we said we just don't have a high school issue. We have a district-wide issue. So Superintendent Phelan said to the MSBA, can we, as part of this project, can we uh, look at a, a K and pre-K maybe as part of this project on the, on the campus that would maybe pull some uh, student population out of the elementary schools and may, may, maybe start to relieve some of the entire district? And the MSBA said, you can, but it needs to be part of the high school, which was a model that the superintendent uh, thought wasn't uh, right to pursue for Belmont. So then he asked another question, which is, can we consider an elementary school on the campus? And they said, you can, but it will not be part of this project, meaning it won't be part of funding. It has yes. to be completely separate. Uh, that would have, if, we, if there was another elementary school constructed, uh, it would relieve the elementary school and maybe uh, would also relieve the middle school by sure. probably taking the grade level out. So then we went the other way and said, could a, could a uh, high school include an eighth grade? which in some districts in the state, it does. And, and they said, yes, you can do that. And you said, bingo. <laughs> and a light went off and we said, while we're on that, what if we had seventh and eighth grade as part of that? And they said, you can explore that as well. Models in, this, uh, in the state, as well as other states in the country have that. So that was what program was established with the MSBA, that Belmont will study three grade configurations as part of this project. Now, the solution must be educationally appropriate, not driven by population. But there are, there are programs out there, there are districts that are finding great opportunities with the, the, uh, with the different grade configurations. So the, the school department and the school committee are exploring those right now. And the three different grade configurations are the, uh, the existing 9, nine through, through 12, 12, and then 8 through 12, and then 7, seven through 12. 12. And, and what that looks like, Roger, within the school is yet to be uh, 
uh, teased out, but it could very well be uh, with a 7 through 12, it could be a 7 and 8 and then a 9 through 12, yes. or maybe a 7, 8, and 9, 10, 11, 12. The state is very interested in how those uh, those careful separations would occur, as well as the opportunities for wonderful collaborations that could be uh, born out of this type of arrangement. And, and do I dare ask if there's a, a leading, uh, is there one that is, I don't want to say more likely, but is there one that you think makes more sense at this point than... than uh, the I, other two? I, I, I can say that all, all three are being equally evaluated. Now, if a 9 through 12 is, is what's chosen, there are still solutions in the rest of the district that the school department and the superintendent are working on with a separate consultant, not part of the high school project, that will need to take place if you look at the growth and would likely take place without state funding, grant funding. So those pieces are being considered. Uh, and all three are being studied on the site. Certainly the seven through 12 is a larger school that impacts the site in a greater, um, with a greater impact than a nine through 12. Not just physically, but traffic, pedestrian, vehicular, and bicycle traffic. And, and you put it, more kids, uh, what you just said, you put more kids there, you need a big, bigger school and there's going to be more traffic and more, uh, more of everything. That's what I just heard you say. Yes. While, of course. While our school remains active and safe. So we have yeah. a high school that's not going to move while this project is going on. We only have one site that we've determined that could be the high school site, which is the current site that's there today. So all of this has to happen in that area. With, with all that's going on today. So it's, it's not a simple puzzle that's being put together. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to go back for a, a minute because um, you and I have both referred to the uh, MSBA, and it's not as though all of these decisions are Belmont's alone uh, to make, right? The, the MSBA really has a lot of say. Uh, there should be a question mark at yeah. the end of that. Let, let me make this clear. Uh, the, the MSBA doesn't, they will tell you they don't make a decision. Okay. But they require you to validate the decision that they support. Meaning that it's up to Belmont to make a decision on a configuration, but we need to demonstrate why that configuration is the most appropriate for Belmont to the state so that they can review and concur. Same with the design selection of the school. The ultimate design solution is Belmont's decision. Okay. But we have to demonstrate with uh, their submittals and the structure of their submittals uh, why it's the most appropriate for Belmont. Okay. So they're, they're not making decisions for us, but they are requiring us to document and, and demonstrate the legitimacy of the decisions that the community makes. Just like every other city and town and in right, regional district course. has to, so there's no, there's no different um, process for Belmont because we're located where we are versus right. someone in Western Mass or regional school. The same uh, processes take place for every project that goes into the MSBA capital project pipeline. And, and we're referring to MSBA. I, it strikes me perhaps we should uh, uh, talk about yeah, just briefly about who and what they are. They are the financing. 
Well, the MSBA stands for Massachusetts School Building Authority. They're a quasi-independent state um, group that supports the design and construction of school and district projects for facil facility projects uh, that are renovation, renovation addition, or new construction. And they do that. Their source of funding is a penny on the state sales tax dollar. So uh, that's where they get their funding, and, and their projects are sort of allocated based on their revenue stream. Got it. We're talking today with Bill Lavallo. Bill is the chair of the Belmont High School Building Committee, and the uh, Belmont High Building Committee is the group of local folks who oversee the design and construction of, uh, of the new high school. Is that a That's fair way to describe it? Talent meeting uh, did, did authorize the formation of a building committee to, ju to do just that, and the moderator uh, appointed those committee members, uh, 15 in total, um, to serve that purpose. And c can we take a moment and, uh, and talk about the building committee? Uh, who goes on the building committee and wh what do they do? Uh, my, I, I don't want you to get a big head here, but uh, my impression is there are a group of folks who, when they get appointed to the building committee, they agree to spend 10 years of their lives uh, overseeing what our new high school is going to be like. Is that fair to say? I'll, I'll say that it could be a 10-year commitment for, for those that, that uh, stay on for the duration. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that it takes 10 years to have the school complete. It just of means that the, the MSBA process is, includes eight modules. Number eight, their last one is project closeout, which could take uh, a couple of years after the project is complete to wrap up the financing and come to a final agreement. So you add that together with uh, where we started in 2016, and it very well could be a 10-year duration for the committee. And I don't want you to list all, all 15 people because that would take too much time, but can you give a notion of, of who sits on the building committee? Is there a way to generalize? Well, I'll say that the MSBA dictates to some degree who, uh, who they like to see for representation on the building committee, starting with uh, the superintendent of schools, um, the principal of the school, um, town administrator, uh, facility directors, um, uh, representative of the uh, governing board, which would and for our Commission Board of Selectmen, uh, someone from the warrant committee or the finance committee of the town. Um, and so, so you build all that. So people teaching, someone the, the teaching experience, um, someone with the finance experience, someone with uh, building experience or engineering experience, uh, and, and certainly a representative of a parent uh, of the school that, uh, that's being done. So you put that together and you quickly find that you have about 12 to 15 people on the committee. And we have a fantastic committee. And you meet weekly, monthly? Uh, it can't be monthly. Uh, it started out when we first started monthly. And okay. uh, it, the, obviously we're, we're now in a, a phase, if you've been following, where we're working on preliminary design. So now we're meeting um, twice a week, I would say. So, I would say twice a month uh, at, at, at least. Uh, and it may turn out to be sometimes we have to meet a, week after, you know, a couple of weeks in a row just sure. because of what's going on. So it's driven by... Uh, the submittal process driven by what work is, is going on. And, and certainly, um, we, it's, it's not done by any one individual. It's done by a committee. So we have to continue to engage that to, to move things along. 
I'd like to come back to the the physical uh, structure uh, of the new school f- uh, for a minute. Uh, so, to see if I can wrap my hands uh, around uh, what we're looking at, uh, the new high school. Uh, again, recognizing what I talked about earlier, the new school may be new, renovated, and so on. It is basically on the same footprint as the existing high school. It, it won't get. Well, let me leave it at that. It, let me let me explain. Okay. So we have a school today. I don't want to get into numbers that has a set footprint. It's two stories, and it it uh, serves the the current population. But by all evaluations that have done so far, it's it doesn't even meet the program needs with the prop with the square footage that's there. So even if we put the nine through twelve as the the solution in place, the school it's needs too small. An, it's too small. Yeah. So it needs an addition. Now the addition could be vertical or the addition could be horizontal, but it would it would be more square footage if we just added on to the building. Uh, the studies also include uh, phasing or new construction where uh, if you think about a building that's occupied, building on top is not a very easy thing to do, and it's certainly not going to happen over the two months of summer. So oftentimes for schools, you look at when if you do need an addition, you build uh, laterally, and, and that allows that work to proceed while the school is operating and then you do the connections carefully maybe during uh, the summer breaks, and, and that could be a simple solution. That's, that would be small addition, major renovation to the school. And then you're working on phasing that renovation to the school through moving students around, and it gets very challenging, uh, and it gets very long. So that's one solution. Another solution may be a major addition uh, retaining a minor portion of the building where you build adjacent to the school a bigger portion. You can finish that. You may be able to move all or a large portion of the population there and then do what you need to to the new building while it's vacant or more, mostly vacant. So that's another scenario. And then the third scenario would be to build all new, finish it, move the students over, and then remove oh. the old building and recondition that space for parking and fields and whatever else is needed. Clearly, if we're working on one site and we have an active school and the site today is completely utilized with playing fields and parking, some of those those elements will have to be temporarily decommissioned while the project is going on. And then when it's done, all of that will be back in place, the parking and the fields and, and so forth. So there will be a time when those spaces are not available. And again, to try to spit back, what, one of the implications of what I think you just said is that people in Belmont have sort of gotten used to the notion of putting modulars somewhere uh, while a new school is being built, at, like the Wellington. That That's not on the table. Well, how many modulars could I fit at your house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have space to put uh, to a modular. Remember what we did for Wellington yeah. is we built a modular school on the parking lot of the high school, right. clearly a smaller population at the time. We then built a whole new school, right. and then we moved them back. So and that, that was, that was, uh, that was uh, a necessity. Uh, but keep in mind, if we do find a space to build modulars, uh, the cost of the modulars that you spend, you're building it. Then you have to spend money to remove to take them, them, and yeah. there's no capital investment when you're done with it. Yeah, and so yeah. that's a that's a very big cost, and it's not there's no reimbursement rate that's uh, solely borne by the district. So we are looking at solutions that minimizes, may not be completely 
uh, eliminates, but minimizes the use of temporary modular classrooms. Let's uh, talk about timing for a minute, uh, because it, you mentioned early on that Belmont's been talking about a new high school for as long as I re remember, at least the last 10 or 12 years. Uh, looking forward, is uh, what, what can folks expect to see and when? Is that an answerable question? It certainly is, because once you're in the MSBA pipeline, uh, as I said to you before, they, they look at their revenue stream and they set projects and, and they make them stay on schedule because otherwise it messes up their entire revenue stream of bringing money in and sending money out. So, so they have timelines for every module, and we are now in module three, and we have to finish that, which is the feasibility and schematic design phase, uh, and, and we have to finish that by May of 2019. That includes so coming two year, up less than two years, and but that includes coming up with the funding source for the design that's ultimately chosen. Okay, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But if we back up, uh, there's a there's a step by step submittal process because uh, as we move along, the board, the MSBA board of directors, who only meets every other month, needs to approve critical points, critical submissions along the way before you can move on to your next phase of that work that we're doing in design. So we have to be in sync with them. Our, one of the first things we did once we established a team was get on their docket for uh, their board meetings, and we've established those critical board dates. So now we're, we're working towards submissions for those board dates. So it's moving very quickly in, in the world of design. We keep pushing along. We have a, uh, an architectural uh, design team and an owner's project management team that can keep pace with that. They're seasoned and they have the resources to, to do that. And we have a building committee and school committee and board, uh, board of selectmen that know that schedule and are keeping pace with it, with their dialogue, review, and, um, and ultimately decisions that have to be made. And you, you mentioned funding. One part of that process, of course, is that at some point in the near future, the town will vote whether to fund a, a new high school. Yes, yeah, so right. we, we have an agreement with the state for funding of eligible costs. So that's already in place with a percentage that we know, which uh, ultimately will be finalized prior to uh, Belmont citizens voting for the, um, to fund the project. So they'll know how much the state is contributing and how much the taxpayers have to, and they'll know the total project cost and the schedule and all the details associated with it. I don't have that information now because we're building up to it. I can tell you that the state has uh, granted us 36.89% uh, of eligible costs as our baseline for uh, the funding of, in the grant program. So the, the state pays 36.89, and the, the taxpayers presumably will uh, be presented with a debt exclusion for, for the rest. The source of funding will, as you say, may likely, would, would very much likely be that, but that's the, the decision of the selectmen. There's really no, there's really no other way to fund it in Belmont. And, and when we say percentage, 36.89, the numbers that we were just talking about, it's really the eligible costs. And Roger, not 100% oh. of the project falls into the definition of eligible costs. As I said earlier, things like yes. modular classrooms, excluded, uh, um, there's a cap on site costs. Um, 
um, hazardous abatement uh, materials, you know, that are regulated um, fall outside of that. So there, there's a, a host of things that have to go in there on, on the ledger of what's eligible and not eligible when you put that together. No, no different than what we did with uh, the Wellington or any other district. The Chenery or in, in uh, all, all very similar. They, they, yes. they are uh, trying to be fair to every um, city and town and, and regional school district, so they set their rules and, and you need to abide by them if you're going to be a participant in their grant program. Well, there's all sorts of things we haven't talked about, but uh, but we're out of time. The uh, uh, I I assume, if I can, that uh, over the course of the next couple of years, uh, I will have the opportunity to speak with you uh, again and again, uh, hopefully, to keep the community informed about what's going on and what decisions are being made and what decisions need to be made. Well, I I. Would, I thank you, first of all. I would encourage you to, to, uh, to reach out to me, and I'd say uh, not years and years because I'd say within the next year we should certainly uh, – there's a lot going on, and let's try to have this discussion again. That's great. Bill, it's been great fun. We have been talking with Bill Lavallo today. Bill is the chair of the Belmont High School Building Committee, and I appreciate him taking time out of his uh, schedule to come speak with us. You can – uh, listen to Community Conversations and to this episode of Community Conversations by streaming it on demand online at the BMC Podcast Network at belmontmedia.org. And you can also find our podcasts on iTunes by searching for the BMC Podcast Network. I want to thank Bill again for uh, coming over. I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. I'm your Community Conversations host, Roger Colton. I will talk with you again in two weeks.